Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Summer is here. The sun is shining. Shirts are off and your balls are smooth. You heard that right. Your friends at Manscaped are here to make sure your beach balls are as smooth as Floridian sand. In summer, you want to kill some cold beers and barbecues, not kill the vibe with pubes peeking out your swim trunks. That's why Manscaped had their performance package 4.0 to keep the party in your pants looking crisp and refreshing all summer long. Dive headfirst into summer by joining the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com and then use the dedicated promo code at checkout of SPURS20. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 has everything you need to prepare that summer bod. Inside the package you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs and the Travel Bag to hold your goodies. They're even going to throw in two free gifts with the Manscaped boxes and the Shed Travel Bag that will bring your comfort to another level. So get 20% off and free shipping by going to manscaped.com and use Spurs20 at checkout. That's 20% off of free shipping by going to manscaped.com and then go to checkout and use the code SPURS20. This is the summer to turn your package into the full package with Manscaped. Hello, good evening, good day uh, around the world. It's the Spurs show. It's the end of season special. As many of you know, for many, many years, the, these these last shows are, are done live at the 100 Club. But sadly, this is our first year in 10 uh, that we've been unable to do a live show, mainly because Ozzy Ardiles hasn't been very well. Ricky Veer couldn't come over, couldn't get a, a suitable replacement. So we're all at home. It's going to be a great show. We've got about an hour special. We're going to probably split it over two shows. We've got clips of some of the great, most important games this season. Before we get through that, let's talk to our three esteemed guests. First, all the way from Sydney, Australia. It's 2.30 in the morning over there. David Harris. How are you, David? I'm very well. Thank you, Mike. Very thank well. You, great, to be, great to be back on. Thank you so much for getting up at silly o'clock. Brilliant. And also joining us, the broadcaster, the Hawk, 
Mr. Paul Hawksby. <laughs> oh, hi, Paul. hi, Mike. How you doing? Good to see you. Thanks for coming. Good, on good, again. good. And all the way live from Covent Garden tonight, uh, the producer, the screenwriter, Jeff Pope returns. How are you, Jeff? Good evening. I'm very good, thank you. And good morning to David. Exactly. Good evening to us. Good morning today. <laughs> I know. It's, uh, well, it's a great time to be a Spurs fan. So much to cover over this over this show. Firstly, breaking news: Enoch have announced they are sinking 150 million pounds into Tottenham Hotspur Limited. Uh, incredible news, uh, Paul. This is, as, as you know, the club has always come out with this mantra: the club has to be self-sufficient. Anything we make within the club will be reinvested. This is the first time they've publicly said we're sinking 150 million pounds extra in to go to, effectively to go towards transfers. Has Antonio Conte made the difference, Paul? They said up to 150. Do you know <laughs> right. that? Those two, because 25 right. pence is up to 150 million. But no, it is a good sign. Uh, and I think some of those comments at the weekend, so what Eric Dyer was saying was quite yeah. interesting. I, I think as a fan base, we, we wouldn't forgive them unless they made the best of this opportunity under this manager who's, who's been fantastic. And, yeah, look, this is a real window. I mean, as, as Daniel Levy was saying in the statement, we've got the stadium, we've got the training ground, we've got all the other events that are bringing in cash. And we have to build because it's going to be so much harder next year. You know, with Newcastle spending money, United are going to spend money, Arsenal are going to compete, Liverpool and City aren't, you know, they're already spending money. So mm. it's going to be so tough. Uh, and you're going to have to spend, in some cases, to almost stand still. But if we invest it in a canny way that, we certainly did in January, then there's absolutely no reason why we can't make 150 million go quite a long way, especially as I see Kulisevsky is just going to stay on loan for another year. So we haven't got to pay for him for another year. So they've put some very canny deals in mm. place. So also, look, we just have to, we have to trust them. We have to trust the board that, they, that they're going to come through this time. And also, Jeff, there's, there's, there's big rumours that uh, Fraser Forster is going to become our reserve keeper. Gallini uh, not being signed permanently. Forster that's currently at Southampton. Always plays well against us. I've always liked Forster. I think as a backup backup keeper on a free transfer, uh, if that is true, that is also a good bit of business, isn't it? Uh, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't be more underwhelmed by that. Uh, <laughs> well, it was such a surreal weekend. Yeah. Um, it, 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 you know, for the last 40 years, you can't think of a, a more fantastic <laughs> confluence of events. I'm sure he's a great backup keeper. It's a bit like I, when Joe Hart joined us. I don't know what I felt. Wasn't mm. you know? I'm more interested in who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna replace uh, Hugo. But as, just to pick up on what Paul said, I, I the thing that's wonderful about the announcement about the money, which I've literally just just heard from you, Mike, is you. I really. If you look back at the season, you think how close we came to Armageddon. Um, they, we have to take this opportunity. Mm. We, 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 we cannot let this one go. It, it, it's, you know, I'd add to that list of, um, you know, the Newcastle joining, you know, a threat alongside obviously Liverpool City, etc. I think Villa are going to. I don't know. There's something about Villa that worries me because I think mm. that you know they're ambitious. They, it might click for them, but but it's going to be harder and harder and harder to finish in the top four. We did it uh, un, miraculously this season. We have to absolutely, no more of the 
the the, the potch years when we ticked over, we have to really, you know, it, it's uh, Shakespeare, isn't it? A tide in the affairs of men. We've now, we're on this tide. We have to ride it. Um, mm. And so that's why, with all due respect, um, solid goalie though he is, I, I, I wasn't excited <laughs> about Fraser Forster. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> David, I mean, you know, again, you, you look at the squad and, you know, kind of the starting 11, the, our sort of regular team, you still look at the bench and you look at the bench and you go, Winks, Bergwijn, Moore. Everyone else is just kids. And you think about next season now, Champions League, injuries, the two domestic cups, this weird season, this weird break in November for the World Cup. Some people be the World Cup, some people weren't. There'll be like a pre-season training within Christmas time and away. It's going to be a very weird season. And clearly, Conte for a while now, has, and Paratici, has sat down with Levy and said, look, you know, we, we, we've got the most out of these players and we know what he's got out of Doherty and Davis and certain players that we kind of thought were on their way out. And he's he's massively improved them. But you can only do that so far. In the end, you've got to go out. And it looks like with this money injection, we're not going to do the usual, let's get someone for 15, 20 million and, or we might get better. It looks like we're going to do some great free transfers, top, top players that will just pay, cover their wages. I'm thinking Ericsson, Bell, Perisic, maybe Dybala. There's a lot of players out there we could go for. But but it looks like we're going to try and get in some some people we've actually heard of. Well, look, I have to confess that in my school report, age 15, I was described by one teacher as a languid cynic. So when I uh, when I read the Enix statement at, uh, I think, 1.30 a.m. this morning, I did note the word, uh, it's, they're going to invest in on and off field activities. Yeah. Mm. Um, so if I look maybe at the... Maybe bonus for Conte and his coaching staff. Maybe that's what or, they're Or maybe another bonus for Levy for the yeah. completion of the stadium. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but my, my point is, is that we're now, in terms of Enix's tenure of the last 20-odd years, we're back into Redknapp and Poch territory. And what I mean by that is that Redknapp was brought into stable for relegation. No one thought he'd get Champions League. Poch was brought in and it's reported that, you know, his, his target was to get Champions League by the second season of the new stadium. That's in the book. Um, and he overachieved there. So this is now the time to kick on. And I think some interesting points have been made already about our competitors. Man United will be in the market for central defenders and midfielders. Mm. Newcastle have got that war chest. Um, you've also, yeah, and Villa as well. So we need to, if you look at it, let's say 150 million, let's say 135 million of that will go to players. Maybe there's another 2020, this is back of envelope, 20, 25 million from the revenue budget. And then let's say 100 to 150 million from player sales. That's still quite a substantial war mm. chest. But the, the key is now, and Conti has made this very clear in the press conferences, we buy experienced players who are fit for purpose now and not your yeah. Brian Hills and your Papasars. Mm. Well, I mean, you know, Paul, you kind of look at, you can only look at what they've done so far. And the last three players brought in has been Christian Romero, Dejan Kulisevsky and Rodrigo Bensinker. All three have been a huge success and went a bit, have been absolute regulars and have, okay, Romero got injured, but have all significantly helped us get that those 10 wins in the last 14 games, which has propelled us to Champions League, which, let's be honest, I mean, you know, only a few months ago, 
we were thinking, oh, are we going to get that eighth or seventh? I mean, it was it was that bad. It's an incredible turnaround. And, and you can only praise Conte, his coaching staff, and the players for that incredible turnaround. Yeah, and if you think um, Romero's missed a lot of the season, he's missed these last few games. We had that time when he was just playing five-a-side in Croatia mm. around the quarantine. <laughs> he's had quite a few injuries. There's been a lot of weird stuff going on around him. We've really not... He's not had a chance to have a complete season. I think he's going to get better and better. He's a fantastic player. And yeah, that was great business. Benton Kura and Kulisevsky were wonderful business. Very interesting, isn't it? Remember the first time we saw Kulisevsky, uh, you thought, oh, he's not very quick. He hasn't got much pace. And we all made this mm. kind of snap judgment. About 20 minutes. Benton Kura was different. We all went, oh, it looks like a sort of midfield Berbatov. The yeah. ball was sticking to his foot. And he was a real trade up <laughs> on what we had in midfield. So, I think we could all see the quality there. But yeah. in some ways, the season has almost ended too quickly for that. If you look at that, the, the partnership he's now getting with Hoybier, and I imagine they'll be buying more players in, in midfield because five subs next year, you've got a bigger squads. Mm. So we're going to have to strengthen and have quality coming off the bench. But, I mean, if you look at that goal the other day, was it the first goal, the Kulisevsky goal? That, Great goal. I think the pass from Bentoncourt, the long ball from Hoybier, Bentoncourt yeah. runs on, squares it with Kulisevsky. Their understanding has been fantastic. So, yeah, the recruitment, just getting those two players in who could hit the ground running has been so crucial. And that's why we stole a gallop on a lot of the other teams around us who didn't do business. We brought in two players that made a material difference from day one. And you don't always get that. So uh, that was, mm. I think that was pretty key. Yeah. Well, let's, let, let's sort of go back to last week and the emotions uh, pre-Norwich. We obviously were already reveling and delighting in the win against Woolwich scraping through Burnley, seeing uh, the implosion of Wooders continue against Newcastle. But Spurs fans of a certain age, and I, I'm looking at most of us here, <laughs> you know, we remember certain games. You know, we remember obviously the Newcastle, most people will remember the Newcastle yeah. 5-1. I remember the year we went up from the second division, we scraped through Hull City. There was this nail-biting nil-nil away at Southampton God, to yeah. do it. And, you know, we're playing a Norwich yeah. relegation side I mean, the demand for tickets. Uh, on Wednesday, tickets were going for £1,000 on the Spurs end on the black market and 250 quid on the Norwich end. You know, again, it just shows you how important it was for fans <coughs> to be there. I was, I, 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 booked, I booked a ticket to go away pre-Liverpool and I was on an EasyJet flight praying and thank God it was delayed 10 minutes. I managed to watch, see the first half hour live and managed to turn my phone off as I took off knowing... We've done it. We're two up. There's no way this Norwich team are going to win by three. Jeff, what were your emotions? I mean, obviously, you've told us many times about the emotion you go through watching Tottenham Hotspur over the years. Was this up there or were you quite sort of um, relaxed? Well, OK, the first thing to say is the, the, the most nervous I was was Arsenal-Newcastle. Yeah. Um, and mm. I, something I was, mm. at, I was at something I couldn't get out of. And... Um, uh, and it was endless sneaking off and just looking at text, you know, on the BBC <laughs> website. Um, and that, 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 when it, when it was one nil, then the terrible fear, no, no they'll come back. They'll come back. Yeah. Actually one nil still. Uh, then it was two nil. So that, that I was more nervous. Um, uh, Arsenal, uh, well, it was at Newcastle, wasn't it? Mm. In Newcastle, Arsenal, than I was us v Arsenal because because we just had nothing to lose in that game. Mm. But there was there was something online. I, I, maybe it was on somewhere 
one of the, one of the one of the social media places, and it said, "If you're not terrified by the prospect of needing a point against the already relegated bottom team, then you're not a Spurs fan." <laughs> and that was how I felt. Yeah. And I, I just still cannot believe how relaxing and how marvellous that. I mean, I, I, I still was jumping around when um, uh, uh, we were two 0 up. And Kulisevsky missed. Like, yeah, that one. Lock, was he feet. fell, didn't he? He lock. was trying to play Sonny in. It was so yeah. obvious. Uh, you know, he was trying yeah. to give Sonny the golden boot. Yeah. Yes, yeah. You, 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 I think that's my position. But my mm. two sons said, no, no, no. He was trying to shoot. Got his feet <laughs> mixed up. Lee uh, <laughs> Harvey Oswald was somewhere, I think, in the stand. <laughs> shot him because he was about to. But um, so got up, went mad. Uh, thought, oh God, that's going to be it. That's going to come back and haunt us. And then, no. Then he then he curls in this gorgeous goal, and it was just the most serene afternoon. And and it was even more delicious that the the the, the Gooners won five uh, one. I, I was sitting there thinking, score ten. Score 10, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. David, it's uh it, it's a great achievement. And 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 Jeff mentioned there, uh Sonny, to, to get the golden boot without any penalties, uh there was the, the bit at the end where they were sort of carrying on his shoulders. That he there seems to be an inc- such incredible team spirit. And you go back, we will go back to the beginning of the season where it was awful. Kane wanted to go. He couldn't score. The football was dreadful. Um, and you, as fans, we thought this is going to be a long old season. And the way he's turned this around and got this belief and this desire to play for this infectious coach who, you know, we haven't, okay, we've seen snippets of his bad side that Chelsea fans go on about. But generally, we've seen someone who's been effervescent and, and, and just, a joy to watch during the game as, as as much as some of the players. Well, look, I mean, I was just thinking the last time I was on the Spurs show was the Leeds away game when we had the legendary Ryan Mason as manager. Yeah. Um, and the board had put out that statement uh, re- regarding the Super League and the response to the trust. And that was, you know, it's pretty low moments. Um, I think that Conti has come in. I mean, Conti is the best manager Enoch have ever appointed in their tenure. He is at the peak of his powers. He's won Serie A. He's just come off winning Serie A of Inter Milan. Um, he's managed to, in some way, swindle Chelsea out of 104 million quid for Lukaku, which you've got to respect him for that. Mm. Um, and, you know, the, the Son celebration was lovely because the way that Lucas Moura picked him up, I mean, and, and you know, and, and exhibited him to the crowd, he should be on Strictly Dancing next year, I think, yeah. <laughs> old Lucas. So I think the achievement's been fantastic. I mean, quite literally, he is a person, he's, he's a coach who's coming in at the peak of his powers. I was at the Leeds game in, in November, um, my first game uh, for a number of years, obviously because of lockdown, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I just, had, it was surreal for me to see that Antonio Conte was our coach at the side of the pitch. Mm. And he was, you know, he's got a tune out of a lot of players um, he's done a great job. And as for Sonny's achievement, he's had no penalties. Salah has taken penalties this season. So it's his achievement to do that. And I think in a way it's nice that, you know, I genuinely think that Harry Kane was pleased for Son. Oh, yeah. Uh, that he got a golden boot. Um, and, and there's a great team spirit there. So uh, it's all looking very rosy. And, and as we know, as Spurs fans, that's when the danger signs come in. 
Well, sorry, Mike, just jump, just ask you guys. We had a debate about it. What did you think would have happened if we'd have had a penalty? Would Kane have given it to Sonny? I think, I think, I think, I think at five, yeah, anything over three nil. Although, you know, maybe I'm not sure because I'm not sure what Conti's attitude would be towards. If it's five nil and there's two minutes left, Maybe, but I think if it was 3 0, you probably, and unless they'd agreed it, I think Conte would have been going mad on the touchline <laughs> because that, that, you know, that would have smacked a bit of arrogance, really. Although there was no way Norwich were coming back, no. but that's a good, that is an interesting question, Jeff, yeah, actually. Yeah, no, dreadful. Look, let, I mean, I think the Kula, sorry, just on the Kuliszewski, when he shanked it across, mm. and he, we talked about it just before, I think that was his attempt, his attempt at playing Son in then. Yeah. And mm, I read yeah. a report, and I read a report that Conte was going absolutely nuts on the touchline, yeah, that, he, that he was trying to do that. So I think, yeah. yeah, I agree. If you're like five up, he'd have given him the penalty for sure. Yeah. Let's yeah. go to a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to uh, discuss... The season, the games, and, and and listen to some clips of I think some of those iconic games this season. Back in one minute. And we're back for the break. Don't forget, even during the close season, we're still here. We'll still be doing our daily news show, ex-player interviews, original documentary series. Just go to patreon.com slash Spurs Show. And we'll be here every day bringing you stuff. And also, don't forget the close season, we will be bringing back our top 10 Tottenham shows that Jeff and Paul, wonderful guests on. Uh, we'll be running two of those a week again. Uh, we've got, well, we've got some ex-players coming up. Phil Cornwell, David Aronovich, Tracy Crouch, MP, uh, Danny Blanchflower's son. We've got some great, great guests uh, coming up. So never fear, uh, more and more shows. We won't be letting you down in the close season. Uh, and also, don't forget some brand new merchandise. Wonderful new uh, Homin Sun Antonio Conte designs. And we brought back the great Bob Marley in a sort of Panini sticker uh, shirt. They've been flying out. Uh, the uh, dis- um, link to the merchandise in the uh, description to this pod. Um, Paul, if we go back now to the beginning of the season, don't forget. We had Nuno Espirito Santo as our manager, and uh, an incredible start. Three wins off the, tr- uh, you know, three wins in a row, starting with this one. Uh, let's hear it now against Manchester City. Now here's Bergwijn, only song to his right. Others are trying to make up the ground now, like Deli Alley and Lucas Moura. Son lines it up. Oh! It's found its way in. And Tottenham start the season. I don't know whether Diaz just going deep in front of his goalkeeper puts Edison off. But it goes into that far corner. This was a great start, wasn't it, Paul? I mean, we none of us saw this happening. Opening game of the season. Son scoring. Quite a bizarre goal, really. I mean, it travelled so yeah. far on the ground. What a great start. Yeah, it was. I mean, I think we were all thinking then, well, what, you know, this is, this could be the start of something big. Although our record against the city suggested, yeah, they're a bit of a rabbit for us, which you'd never you'd say. It's a shame Chelsea aren't really, but um, yeah, I think at that time, you know, look, we rode our luck that day, and you know, if you think of those first three games with the top of the league, they were all one nils. Yeah, they were all. When we look back on it, it was a bit of a red flag there for yeah. what we were going to expect under 
under Nuno. But yeah, I mean, I, I, it was a great atmosphere that day. I mean, probably barring the, the Arsenal game a few weeks ago, the, the atmosphere that first day of the season, I think sort of took them over the line a little bit against a really good side. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we could quite believe that we'd uh, we'd won that first game against yeah, just, just to City. remind Just to remind listeners, we then placed Pacos de Ferreira in the bizarre qualifying round of mm. the Conference League. We then went to Wolves, bit lucky, 1-1-0, Deli Alley penalty. We then beat Pacos de Ferreira again, 3-0. We then beat Watford, 1-0, bringing us into September. And then, Jeff, it all kind <laughs> of started yeah. going wrong. We lost to Palace, 3-0. Druid went 2-2. And then an abject defeat at home, to Chelsea 3-0, uh, yeah. where we really weren't at the races. Wolves in the League Cup 2-all. And then we came to the Arsenal game. Uh, again, pretty dreadful. 3-1. And it was a, a, a really poor September, wasn't it? Things were quickly unravelling. Yeah, that first Arsenal game was ghastly. Uh, I, was, I, was, uh, I was away. I was, in a, I was in a shopping mall in, in, in Florida. So this is how unlikely it was. But I, uh, I, I, so it must have been lunchtime. And I just was going past, a bit like as a kid when you go past Rumbelows and you see a bit of a game and whatever. So, and, and every time I looked, we'd lost another goal, it seemed like. And that, that, was, that was a horrible... And it was allied to the fact that they seemed to be on an upswing because they'd had a horrible start to the season, Arsenal. And then suddenly... Mm. It, it was really interesting. It seemed as if they'd Arteta had, was the one with the vision, and Arteta was the one who'd really got that club mm. all pulling in the same direction. He'd got, you know, he got Urzel and Aubameyang out, and he and he he had all these young players who were hungry to play for the club. And on on uh, on match of the day, Ian Wright was talking about how he connected the club back with the fans, which I. I think was was I think he's I think he's been very lucky that he's not had more criticism Arteta Arteta. But anyway, it just seemed they knew what they were doing and we didn't. And um and and going back to what we were talking about right at the beginning of the show, which was um that we want to get established players in, players who know what they're doing, players who've been there. If you don't, then Arsenal's finished to the season is what what is in store for you because because the extraordinary thing about that, that second, our home game against them, I keep just talking about Arsenal, I'll move on in a minute, but it was men, it seemed to me men against boys. Mm. We, we, mm. Just, we just looked, I never felt worried at any point in that game. Mm. And um, and I think that is something to do, obviously a major part of that is how he's got us playing, yeah. how, how Conti's got us playing. But it's also to do with the fact that they, they didn't have the, you know, the, the, the breadth the confidence. I mean, you know, you think how experienced now Kane, Son, Eric Dyer, you know, they're, they're, these are really experienced players. Yeah. Uh, and Dyer has been extraordinary since Conti came in. And, you know, first thing he did was to say, I think he could be one of the best defenders in the world. And I can't, I can't remember who it was against, but the very next game, thought he was Beckenbauer and gave yeah. the ball away previously, <laughs> yeah. didn't he? Yeah. I mean, it's bizarre though that he, he's not being picked to the Nations League games coming up. Mm. It's bizarre. Maguire has got in above Dyer. Bizarre. Yeah. Uh, just anyone uh, under under forty who's uh, wants to Google Rumbelows. Rumbelows was the <laughs> shop where you used to sell televisions. <laughs> yeah. uh, David, <laughs> David, we then <laughs> faced NS. Excuse me, Moura five one, and then the, then then a really important game, Sunday October the third. 
Tottenham 2, Aston Villa 1. Really important win this was in the context of early season. Let's listen to the goals now. Son. Boy Pierre, brilliantly done. He can set away Son now. Kane's around the back. Hummin Son. He's got a lot of options here. Boy Pierre places it in. Super finish from Pierre-Emil Hoybier. He was key in the build-up. And it's a devastating finish from the midfielder. And look at the body Spurs had around the area. Five there, queuing up. He could have laid it to Kane. But Hoybier saw the opportunity himself and took it. Tottenham Hotspur won Aston Villa nil in North London. Regular on Son. Spurs counter-attack, Lucas Moura and Kane wait to see what Son can do here and he might go it alone, brilliant work and Lucas is there to tap in Tottenham Hotspur with the swift reply Hummin Son the creator once again and Spurs lead again uh, and then David we came back we then uh, won at Newcastle 2-3, that was their first game when the Saudis took over uh, we then lost to Vitesse Arnhem we then lost at West Ham 1-0 uh, and then Burnley, a 1-0 win. And then the game, David, that got uh, our cut-up manager sacked. Man United nil, Tottenham 3. This was the sort of sliding doors moment of the season. Yeah. There yeah. was rumours, David, of uh, Conte going to United. Yeah. We lost. It was Solskjaer was then given the, the approval you're staying on. And all of a sudden, we got our current manager. That was... Uh, Probably the greatest defeat in in recent times. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, just 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 before we we talk about United, I did enjoy the Newcastle game because there was that sight. You know, they went one 0 up pretty yeah. early, and uh, little Ant and Deck were dancing away in front of the Saudi owners. And then, what, fifteen minutes later, little Ant and Deck weren't looking so happy anymore, yeah. and that that made me laugh hugely more than some of their output. Yeah. Um, and so basically the United game was, I think you could look at United game as one of those troughs in our recent history. I don't know if any of you remember Christian Gross's last home game when we lost 3-0 at Sheffield Wednesday. Mm. I had a stag do that night with a load of gooners. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and I think that United game was kind of similar from the point of view. He elected to pay Ben Davis as a left back against Ronaldo. Um, he uh, he took off Mora and brought on Bergwijn, of which there were chances we don't know what you're doing, or you don't know what you're doing. Mm. And there, I mean, even on my rickety old set in in Sydney, you could hear chance of out. I'm not saying obviously mm. thousands, but there was a sizable percentage that were chanting Levy out. Yeah. And if there's one thing our chairman doesn't like is Very adverse true. publicity against himself. Um, and you're right, it was a sliding doors moment because United kept on Solskjaer and no one thought that they were going to implode the way they've done this season, particularly after their spending in August. And I think you've got to remember about Nuno, which seems like some far distance a, a dream now. At that time, everyone had turned us down. Uh, we were in for Fonseca, who dressed as Zorro as a press conference. And we were in for Catuso, whose, so. right. whose views were more aligned with Mussolini than anyone else. Um, <laughs> so in the end, we got, uh, we got Nuno in because there was no one else. Um, so, you know, I think we have to respect that. But 
it was a sliding doors moment. And, and you know, we didn't do the deal with Conti in July for whatever reasons we, we're no one's clear on. Um, but Levy was in a more of a difficult position then from a negotiation point of view. He mm. kind of felt like he went to Conti, said, whatever you want, you can have. Please come in. And, and, and today, the fact that, I mean, you know, I know I know Conte sort of depressed. He said, my head wasn't there, wasn't ready. I heard it was all about what money have I got to play with and all that. The fact yeah. that today, as we record this, 150 million pounds has been sh- been transferred into the Tottenham Hotspur limited account. Yeah. Kind of says what Antonio wanted to turn this team around. He's now had, you know, two thirds of a season to go. Look what I've done. Now back me, Paul. Going in then to the Conte era, we had a, a ding dong match against Vitesse at home, one in three two. His first league game, not a great game, nil nil Everton. We then beat Leeds two one. We then lost, don't forget, we lost that bizarre game to Ennis Moore in the UAA for Conference League 2-1, lowest the low. Um, we then went into December, a couple of good wins, Brentford 2-0 at home, Norwich 3-0 at home. We then lost to Rene. Well, no, we got kicked out. Then the whole COVID thing happened. We couldn't play Rene. We got kicked out of the competition. And then I think probably the first defining game of contest tenure, Christmas, we're playing Liverpool, uh, we had players out, they had players out. Incredible 2-2 game. I thought we were very unlucky not to win. Let's listen to the highlights of the Liverpool game now. And Dombele for Kane. He's in again. This time he scores in characteristic Harry Kane fashion from previous seasons. But boy, he needed that one in this season. And so too against Liverpool did Tottenham Hotspur. Behind Cater, can Son get there first? He has done. It's 2 2. This time they snap all the chance. What a game. Paul, do you remember what was your thoughts on that Liverpool game? That's a yeah, think... key game. Have we got fringe players playing and go? And we went for it that day, didn't we? We all thought Delhi was back, didn't we? We thought yes. that was it. It was yeah. the turning point for Delhi, but it was a bit of a false storm. Just going back on a couple of things, one yeah. of which is I think the Conte, uh, the fact he didn't take the job is, we have to be honest, he thought there were better jobs out there and he thought better jobs would open up over the next few months. Right. He probably looked at Tottenham, looked at the chairman, looked at the setup, and said there's a lot of good with it, but they're never prepared to go that extra mile. Now, it was a marriage of convenience. I think he'd been out for a while. I think he was missing it because he clearly loves managing. And Pratichi, as a mate, just bent his arm. And he thought, there's nothing else out there. I think I'll give it a punt. I believe his, I daughter, do... his daughter also really loved London and wanted to move back here. Right. Well, so let's see, that all well. that feeds into it. So we can't think, you know, that this was his dream job when I mean, you consider where else he's worked and the, and the tools he's had at his disposal. But I think now... The place has got under his skin a bit. I think he's he's enjoyed the work. I think he's enjoyed the fact he's made players. There's very few players. There's no players who bought into what he wants who he hasn't improved. Those that didn't like the sell save for whatever reason, and Bele gone out on loan, and that's probably it for them. But really, everybody. I mean, you know, we can't believe we thought we would be missing Doherty when he got injured. We were like head in hands. Yeah. We would have been, you know, no one would have thought that. And uh, even Emerson, he's got Emerson playing so much better. Yeah. So who's never signed now, as a wing back? All these fans that go in Emerson is that he was brought in by uh, the previous manager as a fullback, and now he's got to go advanced. I mean, 
I think and Sessignon and, and Sessignon as well. Again, yeah. players that he's starting to he's starting to improve. And you know, we build that squad, and things can only get better. But yeah, going back to the Liverpool game, it was a bit of a harem scare. I'm sort of mad to all. I don't think either manager would have been sort of particularly pleased about you know the sort of goals that were. I mean, we had so many chances. It could have been about five two to us. We could have done for Liverpool in the title race much earlier than we did. But the, the nature of all of our results is you go through them, you know, we get a bunch of wins. We were getting quite streaky. And that was that worry at the end of the yeah. season, which we'll come on to Brighton and uh, and, and and that Burnley period and, yeah, uh, we'll and the Brentford nil-nil. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's, you know, we, we were getting streaky and it was so important at the end that we didn't get streaky, that we just kept a run of results going and kept our nerve. But yeah, Liverpool was a mad game. It was. Jeff, I, just to I, follow up 2021, Jeff, we then had, uh, we then beat West Ham 2-1. Our, yeah. our, and then we beat Palace on Boxing Day 3-0, really, really good. Bit yeah. disappointing, Southampton 1-1 on, on the 28th. New yeah. Year's Day, uh, again, we weren't great against Watford, but we scraped it through 1-0. That kind of brought us into 2022, yeah. didn't it? I, I, yes, I got that Liverpool game, I think mm. you were right to pick that out, Mike, because I remember thinking, God, going back, certainly Mourinho and Nuno, we wouldn't have played like that. We hadn't played like that for a long time. Very true. And it wasn't a perfect performance. But, you know, okay, Mourinho had success. You know, we, we had some great games against uh, City and Arsenal, notably soaking up, soaking up, hitting him on the break. But it's not a... It was such a frustrating season. You know, I, I the, the thing that sticks in my head is that, is that uh, you know, we'd... Uh, We'd, we'd get attacked. Uh, the the opposition would would have a chance, and it would narrowly miss. They'd replay uh, the chance, and by the time they cut back live, we'd already lost possession again. And that that was us. Yeah. And that was the first time in a long time that I thought, "Oh, thank God, we're having a go." And it was it was that that really was the moment when I thought it was. Gr- I mean, it was it was great. You know, the languid cynic was was right. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, what, what to see to see him on our touchline was was great. But that that will you know that only go, takes you so far. But that result, that performance, sorry, not the result, that performance made me think. Oh, hang on, hang on. All right, this we might be turning a corner here. And it was a, it, and that, that really sustained me for a long time. And then, you know, then as we've discussed, everybody seemed to start buying in, and and you know, yeah, we did. Let, let, let let's end part one now, uh, everyone at home. Uh, we'll be back at the end of this week, uh, looking into the twenty twenty two, and how the rest of the season progressed. But for now, David, Jeff, and Paul, thanks for joining us. We'll be back on Friday. Until then, coasters. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. 
Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.